Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Back in the jungle. JT with you as I drove from Vegas last night. Good to be here with Red Alvin. Good to be back when my career started in the jungle here. Summer of Jim being out and uh, pleasure that I'm included here to be back again today and tomorrow. For the clones, jump on in today. we got a busy show as we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you want to buy a home or refinance your current home, Rocket can. Wow, Tiger Woods imploding. Last I looked, four over as he gets ready and he started off in an epic disaster at the Open Championship. A disaster for Tiger as he teed off and hit his approach shot into the uh, into the water, excuse me, to the bottom of that little snake lake that's there at St. Andrews. And since then, it's been a complete disaster for Tiger Woods as we open up today on Thursday. The Open Championship is leading the way along with a potential huge NBA trade with Donovan Mitchell. The Knicks are in play with that. And the NFL always front and center as next week training camps open. I work for the Raiders. They'll bring in their rookies first and then their veterans. And then we're ready to go, everybody. We get through the summer and we're ready for the NFL season. And it's been a pretty big NFL offseason, mostly for Roger Goodell who's got a lot of unfinished business. Daniel Snyder and the lack of him stepping up in front of Congress or not, that's still out there. The John Gruden emails, the Brian Flores lawsuit, everything that's swirling around the NFL. I call it unfinished bad business for the NFL, and that's a topic that we'll hit on later today. We got some great guests who are going to come in. Eddie Johnson will join us near the bottom of the hour. 19,000 points in the NBA, one of the best six men of all time. Eddie from SiriusXM, my colleague on NBA radio, will talk to him. At the top of next hour, D. Bruce, Damon Bruce, who once filled in here, I believe, maybe multiple times, a great sports talk host in the Bay Area. Not only on the Warriors championship, but what's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy G on the trade block. And since Baker Mayfield has moved over to Carolina, Jimmy G is the hot commodity in the NFL if you need a quarterback. Ari Miroff will join us a little bit later on. NFL insider, really good. Ari is, if you haven't heard him, you'll hear him here in the jungle at Breaking News and Talking NFL. And then my podcast partner, Tom Looney, uh, the JT and Looney podcast, the famed L.A. sports talk radio host, uh, now in L.A. as a newsman on KABC. He's going to have his top five TV movies to look forward to this summer that he's already seen. And on top of all the Laker drama, he is a Laker insider. He actually has a business card that says Laker insider. He'll talk to us and he's actually coming in studio. Kind of like a Scar Brothers type of hit here. So he'll be here a little bit later on as we're ready to go. I didn't want to start with Tiger, but I need to start with Tiger Woods today. And the moral high ground he took coming into this tournament or tournament, as they say over there in St. Andrews. The 150th anniversary, and Tiger started off by going scorched earth on Greg Norman. First off, Greg Norman built Live Golf, which is backed by the Saudis. I said in this seat, and I'll say it again, I would not play Live Golf because of my passion for the 9-11 families and what they went through. So I wouldn't play, but I understand why golfers are playing. They're getting ungodly money given to them in the millions to play golf. A lot of these golfers at the end of their careers where they're not going to win a major and they're getting the ultimate payout 
as your 401k has been slaughtered this summer. These are the only guys making money around the world as they're cashing these checks. They're only playing three days instead of four, and they play and practice on their own terms. So again, as we talked, I don't get political on sports talk radio, but we do a lot of business with Saudi Arabia. Fortune 500 companies do a ton of business over there. And now golfers want to play as independent contractors. So Tiger Woods the other day had literally the best press conference of his life. He went in there for the 150th anniversary, and he covered every topic. He talked about his son, Charlie. He talked about the injuries, talked about coming back, and how important this tournament was for him. It wasn't about him playing in the PGA or the U.S. Open. He knew this was the 150th anniversary at St. Andrews, and he won there twice. So we wanted to show up. And what he did, along with Jack Nicklaus and a lot of the other legends, they took a picture outside the clubhouse there, which was glorious. All the former champions that were alive were brought back, but they didn't allow Greg Norman. And I thought that Tiger, right there, by backing that decision, made a mistake. No matter what you think of Greg Norman, he's a great businessman. He's been an unbelievable golfer. He was a great golfer, number one player in the world for quite some time. And his best tournaments were there at the Open Championship, and they kicked him out. They wouldn't let him come back to a dinner. So at that point, I said, wow, Tiger, I really appreciate you being so honest and opening up with that. But Tiger Woods took the moral high ground. And as I said on my radio shows, how could he do that? Tiger Woods in the moral high ground. Remember his wife, Elin, taking the five iron to the car. Uh, Remember him in Jupiter, Florida, getting pulled over on pills and alcohol, not remembering where he was, thinking he was in California. Remember Tiger Woods apologizing to his mother in the front row after breaking up his family. And Tiger Woods, the only golfer to ever make over a billion dollars in winnings and endorsements, talking to other people about making money. That was Tiger Woods this week, and Tiger Woods is currently four over. John Daly is one over, done for the day. Phil Mickelson and the Live Golfers are tearing Tiger up on this golf course today. So I'm a Tiger fan after saying all this. I'd like to see Tiger on the leaderboard. I'd like to see Tiger make the cut, and that's not going to happen now. Uh, Cameron Young is in the lead at eight under, Rory McIlroy, who's a very vocal critic of Live Golf, is there at six under par. Cameron Smith at five under par. And as Ritt and I were talking before the show about this, I had to make this clear again. I, JT the Brick in third person, never root for a Euro at any point in time in any golf tournament. Put that up there on my resume. And here's why. When the Euros beat us at the Ryder Cup, They open up champagne bottles and they spray it all over our locker rooms and they spray it on the golf course and they sing songs and they mock us because they beat us often at the Ryder Cup. So I never root for a Euro like Ian Poulter or Graham McDowell or any of these guys to win. So Cameron Young is from New York. He's my guy. He's eight under par and he's lapping the field. So he's done for the day with a 64 and he has the lead on Rory. But if you want to get into the jungle and talk about Tiger Woods and the moral high ground today and him imploding, I hope he turns it around. I think Tiger can fight to get from four over and maybe get to two over or one over 
and tie John Daly at one over and maybe be in the hunt to do something over the weekend, man. But he's got to really rally here because he looks rough. The number, if you want to get in and talk about this, and we'll jump on, 800-636-8686. Clones, this isn't a podcast. This is a live radio show. If you have an opinion on Tiger Woods, get it here because he's not going to be there on the weekend, and I'm not hosting on the weekend. So call your shot on Tiger now if Tiger's going to be able to come back. I hope he does. But again, I think the biggest story about Tiger Woods is the fact that he took the high ground coming into this tournament and really criticized all the live golfers. And maybe he needed to do it on that stage because it was the biggest stage in all of golf. All right, last I told you yesterday I drove out here from Las Vegas and Sham Sharania uh, put out the fact that Donovan Mitchell is on the trade block for the Utah Jazz. And I am a diehard Knicks fan, and I would love to see him go to the Knicks. The problem is here is that Danny Ainge, the GM, the president over there in Utah, is fleecing everybody for as many picks as he can get. Remember, they moved Rudy Gobert to the Timberwolves, and that was five picks from 2023 first round, 2025, a 2026 pick swap, a 2027 first round pick, and a 2029 first round pick as we're sitting here in 2022. And on top of that, the Jazz got Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, who's a good player, and Malik Beasley. So everybody, as I sat in this seat two weeks ago, Kevin Durant made it clear that he wanted out of Brooklyn. We broke that story for you first on the radio when Shams put it out. We were excited about that. The place almost fell down. It's like an earthquake hit that Durant two weeks ago to this Thursday uh, requested that he get out of Brooklyn. Since then, the market has stopped. There is no movement on Kevin Durant because of what happened in that Timberwolves trade with Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge fleeced him. And at that point, everybody said, whoa, let's stop the market. The market's out of control. It's like buying real estate in Southern California or wherever you live, and all of a sudden there's a house on the market, and there's only one in your community, and 75 people are bidding over market for it, and you can't get the house. That's what happened with Kevin Durant. Danny Ainge set the bar so high in the Rudy Gobert deal that everybody around the league said, if Danny wants that and got that for Rudy Gobert, there's no chance we could give that up for Kevin Durant. So Kevin Durant is still sitting and stewing and wondering what's going to happen going forward. So I'm kind of surprised that that deal didn't happen yet. I thought Durant would have been moved by now to to Miami. I thought Pat Riley would have jumped in and did that deal. And reports are, and we'll talk to Eddie Johnson at the bottom of the hour, he's also on the Suns broadcast, that the Suns are trying to put this deal together. Uh, Bobby Marks today from ESPN put together a three-way trade that potentially can move him. Uh, DeAndre Ayton going to Indiana, a three-way trade with Utah. But it's very complicated there because Kevin Durant is a very complicated player. He wasn't very complicated when he played with the Warriors. Durant ring-chased, went up to Oakland before they went to San Francisco, and he got two chips. He got two championships and two finals MVPs. At that point in time, Durant's legacy was always in play right then as a multiple champion, a multiple finals MVP at the minimum. Now that looks like it's going to be the maximum of his career. As of today, on the Jim Rome Show, what is the upside for Kevin Durant? Now he is an obvious ring chaser. He's probably, as we talked about, currently one of the most disloyal athletes in all of sports, doesn't want to stay in Brooklyn, and Brooklyn is waiting him out. 
I nailed that one after that as we talked about what to do to Kyrie and Durant now. And Brooklyn is doing it. They're waiting them out. They're holding back. And they're making these guys sweat. Kyrie reportedly is still in Los Angeles, I guess. And he's hoping that the Lakers make a deal. Lakers can't make a deal because they are tied to Russell Westbrook's insane contract of $47 million this year, and they can't move him. And they tried to move him, and they can't. So that is holding up the Kyrie move to Los Angeles. And the only re- the way that Kyrie is going to get to L.A. is Brooklyn doesn't care about the assets of who L.A. has now. They don't want anybody. They're not going to get LeBron and Anthony Davis. They're aware of that. They don't care about Carmelo. They want four or five Laker first-round picks for decades to come. And Rob Palenka is not going to do that. So we know that that's holding up Kyrie in Los Angeles, but crazier things have happened. I'm more interested in Durant today because I thought Durant would have been in Miami by now or at least pushing his way towards Phoenix. If you have an opinion on when Durant is going to move, love to hear from you on that today because I think it's a really big deal. Now back to Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks. Uh, The Knicks have several players that they can move here. Evan Fournier is someone that they'll move. Uh, Quickly, they don't want to move. They have several players, as I looked at the Knicks roster, uh, from Derrick Rose. Anybody down on that list, you can move the entire Knicks roster. And the Knicks also have several first-round picks that they've been accumulating over the last couple of years. Now, they went out and they got the little guy from Dallas who I almost lost my mind in this studio. My head almost popped that day that they went out and got a young guard, tiny guard from Dallas to come on over and be the star of that team going forward. I didn't like that move initially. So now the Knicks are in a spot where they can get Donovan Mitchell. The problem with the Donovan Mitchell deal is their head coach, Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau wants to play defense. And if he has Brunson and Mitchell in the backcourt, that might be the smallest backcourt of all time. It would work well in the Wizard of Oz and Munchkin land. I don't think it would work very well in the NBA when Thibodeau's face is beat red and he's trying to get these guys to play defense in the final five minutes of the game. But Mitchell is such a great scorer. And not, we're not talking about Kemba. We're talking about Donovan Mitchell. If Mitchell came to the Garden, where he's from New York, He'd be the latest great name to play there since Carmelo, when Carmelo was in his prime. So the deal is on the table today. That deal could be made today as I'm reporting out of NBA Summer League, as I've been on the phone, I've been to Summer League all week. That deal is being talked at a very high level, as Shams put that out uh, last night into this morning. If you're a Knicks fan listening in the jungle today, would you do that deal? Would you give up four first-round picks going forward and maybe three of the young players on the Knicks team? Or would you wait another year? Would you wait one more year with a free agency class? Could be better next year. Sit around and wait for everything to cool down and see how the Knicks are going to be able to kind of surface this year to see if they can get their young guys going again like R.J. Barrett quickly and the younger guys there. See if they get a little bit of chemistry and they can get this team going there. So I'm excited about this move. We've been very lucky here in the jungle. Last time, I would see the last two times, Baker Mayfield was traded. The Pac-12 collapsed, completely collapsed as I was sitting in the seat. And Kevin Durant, as you know, requested a trade. So we've been lucky here. We've had some good jungle karma other than Tiger Woods today, as Ritt is keeping an eye on that score last I looked. Uh, Tiger Woods putting now. Live as we had a look on this, 
He is putting for bogey. Wow. Tiger Woods plus four is putting for bogey, and he's got about a 10 or 11 footer, and Tiger misses it, and he goes by. So uh, Tiger's going to go to at least six over par, and he's being embarrassed. Tiger Woods, breaking news, everybody. Tiger Woods, yes, breaking news, six over par through seven holes at the Open Championship. So he is toast. He is done. Fire up the jet. Grab the back of the back and say, hey, I don't feel good. And what a disaster for Tiger Woods. I did not see this coming. If you bet Tiger Woods to make the cut, you lost through seven holes at the Open Championship. We move on to the NFL. Uh, The big story in the NFL is Baker Mayfield going to Carolina. I love that deal. I think the big losers in that deal was Seattle and Houston. I think that Baker Mayfield could turn out to be a great quarterback again. He was the number one pick overall. Broke the rookie touchdown record, led the Browns to the playoffs, and had everything going beautifully for him. And then they just dumped him for Deshaun Watson. For $230 million guaranteed for Deshaun Watson, a man who is settling every day trying to settle some of these cases in regards to his lewd and crude conduct. So every way that Cleveland played this out, they had to pay for Baker to leave to go to Carolina. And Baker now has a chip on his shoulder and is going to want to win. So they're saying out of Carolina that it's going to be an open competition. It will not be an open competition. Sam Donald has had plenty of time to prove that he can start in this league. He can't do that. He can't do that, and Baker Mayfield can. So Baker Mayfield, if he stays healthy through camp, will be the starter for the Carolina Panthers. And I think he'll have a year to prove himself. If he plays well, he'll get a new contract. He'll probably give him a little bit of a discount there to stay in Carolina because they did right by him. If not, he can go into free agency and pick any market he wants to go to. So it's always darkest before the dawn. And Baker Mayfield has been beat up every day, nationally and locally, by sports talk radio hosts trying to be cute, who didn't want to prep their shows, and every day talk about Baker, 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 along with LeBron, LeBron, and LeBron. And now Baker Mayfield, I think, fell into the best scenario he could possibly fall into. A quiet, sleepy football market in Carolina since Cam Newton left and took him to Super Bowl 50. And now Baker Mayfield could relaunch his career. I think it's a good spot for him. I think Pete Carroll in Seattle made a tremendous mistake. They could have got him for nothing. And he could have been the franchise quarterback going forward in Seattle. You might disagree with me, but there's a good quarterback class coming next year. And when it comes to the the draft, the top two to three or four players that could be four quarterbacks coming in the first 10 picks last year, reminding us of the Trevor Lawrence uh, draft that we saw a couple of years ago, and maybe it'll change there. But I think Baker Mayfield landing in Carolina was a great move there. Uh, Tiger Woods, the big update is Tiger is imploding. Every live golfer, every live golfer is slaughtering him out on the course. The only uh, golfers that Tiger's ahead of are Mark Kalkovecchia and David Duval, And every amateur, every amateur on the course is beating Tiger Woods as we speak right now. So, look, it's not about embarrassing Tiger. Tiger's played golf his entire life. He's had bad rounds. Uh, he blew up on the first hole with a double bogey, and he hasn't been able to uh, bounce back in this. So he's finished. He's done. He's not going to make the cut. Uh, this could get really ugly if he tries to get back into this thing on the back nine and take some chances and the wind kicks up, and it could be a bad thing. But the live golfers are all celebrating now. 
because he went after the live golfers pretty hard. And I give him credit for doing what he did. He was very passionate on the topic that he wouldn't play live for a couple hundred million or a billion dollars. And I give Tiger a lot of credit for that. He is the spokesman of golf, but he has to back it up. And he wasn't able to back it up today. We're talking about the Donovan Mitchell potential trade to the Knicks. Uh, unlike Brooklyn fans, there are supposed to be some Nick fans listening. Nick fans, it's really simple. I don't need for you to give me a deep, a deep dive on this or an analysis of how many players the Knicks have to give up. We're assuming they're going to give up everything to go get Donovan Mitchell. If you're a Nick fan, would you do this deal? The deal is on the table right now, according to Sham Sarania. You can get Donovan Mitchell. It will be explosive. It'll cost a lot of money. But do the Knicks want to do that and set up their backcourt? for another four or five years with Mitchell and Brunson. Go forward with that. And then I think the Knicks only need one more piece. If they're able to keep R.J. Barrett and they keep Julius Randle, who had an all-star year two years ago, fell off last year. Like every NBA player who has a bad year, they tell you all that they're committed to go to the gym next year. You know, that's the James Harden rule. When Harden doesn't play well, he tells you that he's more committed the following year. Well, I think that'll happen with Julius Randle. I don't believe that Utah wants Julius Randle in his contract. I don't think they want that. I think they'd rather have picks going forward. But if you're able to keep R.J. Barrett, bring in Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, and keep Julius Randle, and then give up a lot of equity going forward, you know, the Knicks wouldn't have a super big three, but they'd have a great backcourt and two legitimate players to play on the wing who can get into the low block and find their own shots. So for me, the, this is the first time since 72, 73, 74, or the Patrick Ewing era, that the Knicks have an opportunity to make a splash. And I don't think they can pass up on that. I don't think the Knicks can make those fans, those corporate attorneys, those Wall Street hedge fund guys, wait another year for paying all those money for tickets. So we'll get into that. Uh, before we have Eddie Johnson joining us in a little bit, there's been a lot of conversation this week about the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN put out a list of the top 10 because summertime is list time. Everybody in sports radio needs to have a list. If you don't have a list, you might get fired or suspended. I've never been a big poll question guy or a list guy, but this was a pretty good list. And we'll talk about it throughout the next two shows because I think it indirectly, indirectly uh, disrespected a couple of the quarterbacks who were out there. You know, and the last thing you want to do in this today's modern era with the internet and social media is disrespect a quarterback. And on this list, the honorable mentions, to not have Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, my guy, and to not have Lamar Jackson in the top 10 list, I thought that was pretty interesting. I want to dive into that because I agree with the top five on that list in any given order. Aaron Rodgers at one, Patrick Mahomes at two, Josh Allen three, Tom Brady at four. But I don't agree with Joe Burrow at five. Joe Burrow had a big year. A lot of things fell perfectly for him. He won a lot of close games where he could have lost. Give him credit. He won the games. Team ended up going to the Super Bowl, and they almost won the Super Bowl. He had the ball in his hand with the ability to win the Super Bowl. And now all of a sudden, Joe Burrow is in the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Joe Burrow is nowhere near as good as Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is a former MVP. He's the greatest runner since Michael Vick and Steve Young. So Jackson's going to go down in history as a better runner than Michael Vick and Steve Young and Fran Tarkenton. He's coming into a big contract coming up here. And the fact that he's led his team to the playoffs and won an MVP, I thought he should have been in the top five of that list 
and he wasn't even in the top 10. Uh, Justin Herbert is the most popular quarterback in the media. As much as I ripped the Chargers here in Southern California because I'm Raider Nation with the Raiders for 24 years, I got to tell you, he's the best young quarterback I've seen in years. He's absolutely incredible. He'll be on a top 10 list the rest of his life. He's that great. Uh, Deshaun Watson coming in on Fowler's list at number nine uh, made a lot of sense to me. I'd have him in the top five, too, if he didn't miss over 560 days of playing quarterback. And then Dak Prescott at number 10. I would have had Derek Carr at number 10 over Dak Prescott. I think Derek Carr is a better fourth quarter comeback player. I think Derek Carr is just a better quarterback, a more accurate passer than Dak. Uh, Dak is big and strong. He's the quarterback of America's team. And Dak over Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson, and Kyler Murray. I wouldn't have Dak Prescott in the top 10. The other big name to reach out here for the Denver fans is Russell Wilson coming in at number eight. I think that's really disrespectful. I'd have Russell Wilson up a little bit higher on that list because he's already a Hall of Famer. He's getting fitted for a gold jacket as we speak. He's that great of a player. And I think overall, if you put him in on a list, you should have him in the top six, not the top eight. And Russell Wilson's got a lot to prove now. He played on a really good Seattle team for a number of years with a great defense, the core the core values of that team, the way they showed up, competition Thursday, the way he led that team. Now he goes to Denver, and Denver's got good players, but they gave up a lot to get him. Uh, I think Russell Wilson should have been a little bit higher on that list. And congratulations to Matthew Stafford. Where would Stafford have been on this list if he stayed in Detroit? It's one of the great moves that we've seen in the NFL. He got out of Detroit. He wins the Super Bowl. He's ranked on this list of Fowler. At number six, and if I look at him here, that's all because of the move to move to do, get out of Detroit and come to L.A. So Stafford, I'm good there. So again, on this list, as we talk about it, the only move I would make is I'd move Derek Carr in at number 10, and I'd clearly move Deshaun Watson out of this because of the pending news on him and the fact that he might not play for two more years, and I would move up Lamar Jackson. And I'd put Lamar Jackson in the top five. I'd have Burrow near the bottom of the list, and I'd have Lamar Jackson in the top five of that list as we, we did it. We did our quarterback list, Rit. I got it in. I got it in day one early in the show there, so thanks to Fowler for the congratulations. list. Congratulations. Uh, congratulations to me on that. Aaron Rodgers at number one. Remember, this time last year in the summer, Aaron Rodgers was in the middle of the yoga cleanse. He was hanging out in Maui with some starlet you've never heard of and haven't heard of since, about to break up with her and about to break up with the Packers. And Rodgers came back, and all he did was come back in a big way and show up and win the MVP. What a year he had last year, and I think they're in a really good position to have a big year this year. Uh, Sirius XM NBA Radio, one of the best analysts in all the NBA. Eddie, how's Vegas and Summer League treating you as it cools down to 106 today? How are you? Oh, I'm doing well, JT. And, and by the way, I, I got out of Vegas yesterday. It was enough. <laughs> I had enough. I was there too long. <laughs> so I watched the rest on TV. But it's always a tremendous opportunity to get to Vegas. And it, it's like a reunion. I mean, anybody that's associated with the NBA is in Vegas. And you, know, you turn your head left or right, you're going to run into somebody that you knew, played with, or competed against. And uh, it's always great. 
So, Eddie, what are you thinking about Donovan Mitchell? Tell me about his game, Thibodeau being a defending, a defensive coach with the Knicks, and the fact that they have Brunson and the reports are from Sham Sharania that the Knicks are interested in doing this Donovan Mitchell deal potentially. Do you like the potential move to him to the Garden? Well, I mean, I think that's where he's, he's wanted to go. I, I think he's sent out feelers over the last, you know, few months, even during the season. Uh, that that might be a place that he might be interested in going to. And, and I understand that. I mean, New York is a polarizing place, and if you feel like you can handle it, you'd want to go there. I, I, I'm disappointed in that sense, though, because I, I thought that, you know, he and Rudy Gobert are two tremendous players, and it just seemed like they just could never, never connect. And, and, I, and I look back, JT, on really when he first got into the league, uh, it was a unique situation. It was something that I hadn't seen in a while, where the Utah Jazz was a veteran team, but yet when Donovan showed up, he took all the shots. I mean, he was treated actually like a star in his rookie year. And I, when I went to their training camp, uh, I asked them the question, the veterans, and, and they kind of hesitated. I think they had an issue with it, but they just said they accepted it. Uh, the fact that this young player was taking all the shots. I think that his first year he averaged over almost 17, really over 17 shots a game. And that's unique, especially on a veteran team. And it continued, obviously, in his short career so far where, you know, he's averaged near over 20 attempts a game. And the reason I say that is because I just thought Utah was one of those teams, and historically you know this, they move the ball, they pass the ball, they play a little bit unselfish, uh, they have a great rhythm. And I just thought over the last few years when they showed in the playoffs that, you know, it was a lack of trust on the basketball court. And I know they came out with some stat that said Donovan Mitchell hadn't passed the ball to Rudy Gobert over a period of about 10 or 12 games. And I don't think he did it on purpose. I just think it's just the connection that they had. And I think Danny Ainge went in there and he saw that, and he's doing what Danny Ainge does. He's not going to be patient in that regard. He's going to make adjustments, and he's going to make a total change, and that seems to be what he's doing. Eddie Johnson is our guest. So when you looked at the Gobert deal and what Danny Ainge got in return, it seems like that set, 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 the, set the high standard. That's the ultimate deal in regards to what he got in return. Is that one of the reasons why Durant hasn't moved? As you're reporting, as you're at Summer League, when you talk to all these GMs and you see the owners that the bar was set so high on Gobert and what Utah got in return, a lot of other GMs from Phoenix to Miami looked at the deal and said, wow, what are we going to have to do to get Kevin Durant on our team? Yeah, I mean, obviously Minnesota did something that really probably made a lot of GMs in the league turn their head in frustration, uh, especially with Kevin Durant then immediately coming out after that and saying he wanted to be moved because automatically now, you know, Brooklyn is going to say, well, you know, if Danny Ainge was able to get that, then that's what we want. And I understand from Brooklyn's standpoint why they would, but also I think Brooklyn also understands that everybody doesn't have to be as easy going as Minnesota is, <laughs> you know, and not give in to the fact that that might be the trend because that's not a trend. I mean, teams aren't going to give up that kind of a haul I think for a player, Kevin Durant, who in my opinion is the best player in the game uh, right now, uh, but at 34 years old. And I think that's always the the problem when you want to really dissect your team of young players and draft picks to get a player that maybe has, you know, and I think Kevin Durant can play five, six more years at a very good level, but you're still rolling the dice. 
Eddie Johnson is our guest. What a great analyst. Also part of the Phoenix Suns broadcast. So how have you evolved on the ring chasing topic on your shows and looking at guys that want to opt out of deals or someone like Durant who has four years left on a deal, forcing ownership in Brooklyn and the staff there to make him comfortable, not trade him. You can trade him anyway. You can trade him to Portland. You can trade him to New Orleans, but he wouldn't go. So how do you handle that when you played in this league at such a high level, seeing the way some of these players are behaving now? Well, you know, JT, I just think it's the business of basketball. Mm-hmm. And and I can't, like, for me as a play, ex-player and a guy that got traded in his uniform, a guy that had GMs look him in the face and say, hey, you know, we're going to take care of you. And then when that time came, they didn't. Uh, and so from a player perspective, you know, I have to be careful because I know I've gone through stuff. And I've gone through the business of basketball where it has not been fair. You know, I asked the team to waive me at the end of my career, and they traded me. And it made it more difficult for me to get to a team I wanted to get to. And and so it's those kind of things that you remember as a player. And so Kevin Durant hasn't come out and said why he wanted to be traded. So it's hard for, I think, anybody to judge in why he wants to be out. And I think, you know, in in this game, when, when guys are getting waived, when guys are told to stay home, and they take the love of basketball taken away from John Wall for a year, taken away from DeAndre Drummond, that has an effect on you. And so I think it's from both sides that has to clear up some things and how they handle the business of basketball, and it's just not on the players. Eddie Johnson as we wrap it up. So, Eddie, as I'm in L.A. today and Kyrie's been out here, it almost feels like he's trying to get the attention that he's out in L.A. He wants (laughs) to play for the Lakers. As you run the numbers and look at potentially what Rob Palenka would have to give up, now, they don't want Westbrook. and They want to get some pieces and a lot of trade value or draft picks for years to come. So with the Lakers, who don't have a lot of draft equity, would they have to give up three or four first-round picks? Because the roster's pretty thin if you're not moving Anthony Davis. You can't move Westbrook. You're not moving LeBron. So how do you see Kyrie landing in L.A. with the Lakers if he can pull it off? Yeah, you know, I think at one point in time, it was a few teams interested in Westbrook and more so for his contract but also knowing that if they roll the dice and take him, that he's going to show up every night. Now, it might be good or bad, right? And, 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 and for most of his career, it's been good. He's just taken the hit lately. And, but they know he's going to show up. And so I think that's what makes him interesting to some teams that want to maybe have that last year of his contract. Uh, that's going to put them in a good position the following year. Uh, and, and then in regards to Kyrie, I just I, I just think the Lakers are the only team he can play for. I think it's, that's been proven. You know, a number of years ago, and I pushed back on it. I was one of those guys that pushed back on it. You know, when people were saying that LeBron was too difficult on him and LeBron didn't treat him right, and that's why he wanted to go to Boston. Where are those people now? Like, where are those people now? After about four years later, where are they now? because LeBron was the best leader for him. And Kyrie now publicly has gone on record that, you know, he, he made a mistake in leaving him. And everybody has that guy that they probably feel regret in leaving, right? I mean, Kobe and Shaq have talked about it. I think Stephon Marbury years ago with Kevin Garnett. Look at him now. I mean, I'm sure he wonders how his career would have been if he had just accepted being number two. So I I think that's the issue with Kyrie, and I think, you know, the Lakers are really the only team to get him, and quite honestly, I think they are going to get him. 
Eddie, I think Brooklyn is over him, mm-hmm. and I think eventually the Lakers will get him. Eddie Johnson, as we wrap it up. Eddie, is there an exit strategy? I never asked you this. For LeBron, if he doesn't get Kyrie, why would LeBron stick around after next year? Have you thought ahead about LeBron with his son? Everybody talks about Bronny coming to the NBA whenever he does. But looking at the fact that he's already won a championship in L.A. in the mm-hmm. bubble, which I give him a lot of credit for, could he be looking at the next move? Why not? He gives the Lakers a few years. He wins the championship. He's waiting for right. his son. And, hey, if they don't get Kyrie, LeBron's the next to go. What do you see as the exit strategy potentially for LeBron? Yeah, I mean, look, I think he wants to win titles. And, and, and he's still good enough to go anywhere he wants. And, and still, you don't think that somebody's carrying him. You know, he'll be the guy, probably. And I think that's his mentality. Uh, and like now, it started back when he left Cleveland to go to Miami. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. I believe if he does it again, he got his title in LA. He did what he had to do. They challenged him. They told him he wasn't a Laker until he got a championship, and he got one. And quite honestly, JT, I think the one team that he would think about going back to is Cleveland. I do. I, I think if if he did leave, I think that's the one place he would go back to, and. uh I think they would take him with open arms. A lot of people don't think so. Please. Uh, I think it's only one statue is going to be outside that arena. And it's going to be his. And I think they would open their arms if he did decide he wanted to go back. Eddie, enjoy the rest of the summer. Really appreciate you doing this. Thanks for coming on with me. JT, anytime and enjoy your show. Thank you. Eddie Johnson, fantastic. Good night now!